Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Movie Mondays here on the Heroes for Hire podcast. My name is Sean Meehan, and I am all alone today. Uh, Connor is away at the minute, and so this I, I, this might be, I think this is my first time solo hosting uh, any episode of the Heroes for Hire podcast. So we're going to get through it together. We're all going to do our best. Um, and what we did the last couple of days, we put out a call on... Uh, Facebook, Instagram, all the socials, asking for questions for little old me. And so what we're going to do, I'm just going to, I've got them all in the document here. We're going to run through them. I, I'm going to answer them, hopefully. And we're going to do our best to get out a decent little episode for everyone. Um, Connor would give out to me, if I didn't say at the start of the episode, that if you don't mind, whatever podcast platform you're listening on, if you could leave a like and a review or a a, a, a favourite or whatever your platform of choice does, uh, that would be absolutely excellent and helps to spread the show around. Um, we got heaps of questions, actually. So thank you very much to everyone who sent them in. I will try and get to all of them, um, but it depends, I suppose, how long I talk for, how much I ramble. I don't want to be doing a, a two hour of just me talking into everyone's ear um but uh there's some there's some really good ones that have come in so um starting off uh, we have a question in here from it's from connor now it's not from uh connor my co-host connor uh, it's from connor over on instagram um and he says what does the typical podcast production look like from recording to getting it up online and i feel like this this could be a like a peek behind the curtain in a bad way because we've been doing the podcast for so long at this point that we really have it nailed down what we do to the point that it looks like we don't do a lot. So Connor will put the show together. That's that's the main job that actually has to be done. Um, Connor will put that together during the week, whether it's Movie Mondays or Weird News. Um, for Hero Zero, obviously, we take it in turns. And what we do then is we record over Google Meet. We used to do it in person, but Google Meet is just so much handier um because we can do it on the day rather than having to batch record them all so we'll log on to google meet we'll do the show um usually about an hour hour and a half of a call and the thing about where we're probably a bit different than some other podcasts is that we very rarely do editing we very rarely like edit out bits of the conversation or cut things through or anything like that simply because we came from the radio where everything was live and there can be no dead air you just have to keep talking if there's a mistake you make a joke about it or you correct it or anything like that so there's very little once we bring it into the editing software which i edited in adobe audition once we bring it in there there's kind of very little that actually has to be done to it in terms of content now, what 
what we do have to do is that we have to level it because obviously we're in different rooms. So we have to make sure that we're at the same volume um, and we have to make sure that we're not peaking. Um, I often have to run like a noise suppressor on it because my house is beside quite a busy road. So sometimes there's traffic noise or bird noise that you might hear uh, in my side of the recording. So it's a lot of just tweaking the audio on each side to make sure it sounds the best. Slam those two together, uh, output it then to an MP3, and we upload it to Podbean. That's our podcast platform of choice. It was four years ago. It was just the one that me and Connor both used, so that's why we started uploading to that. And then Podbean. What's nice about it is it just sends it out to every other podcast service, so your Spotify's, your iTunes, um, everything like that, and it auto shares to the website heroesforhire.ie as well. Um, so that's kind of the bulk of it, honestly. Then there's social sharing and stuff during the week just to do a bit of promotion on Instagram and things like that. Again, Connor tends to handle that kind of stuff because I'm not very good at social media. Um, but that's, that's kind of the extent of what we do. It sounds very simple. It does take time, but that's just because like they are hour long episodes at the end of the day. So that's your minimum of how long it's ever going to take. And it's only kind of going to go up from there. Um, uh, Connor has another question then are there any post credit scenes that haven't been followed up on in movies that you would be interested in for example in spider this is what I was going to say in Spider-Man Homecoming we see Mac Gargan who is Scorpion uh, talking to Adrian Toomes in the post credit scene but we still haven't seen the Scorpion in the MCU that's one of the main ones that still bugs me to this day because Mac Gargan is such an interesting character um, and just completely unused in the MCU at the minute. Canonically exists, but completely unused. And also, I think after Morbius, isn't Adrian Toomes gone from the MCU now? So we're, we're, we're down. There were two villains in that end credit scene. One we haven't seen and one is in the Sony verse now. So I don't know what the plan is with that. Um, as far as any other ones. For the longest time, it was the Adam Warlock tease at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, But obviously, we're getting that now in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 with Will Poulter. So that one's kind of being resolved. And trying to think, is there anything else? There's, it's not an end credits scene, but at the end, or kind of mid, uh, well, it's towards the final act of The Incredible Hulk, um, Samuel Stearns. The scientist, he gets Hulk blood in his brain and starts turning into the leader. And that's just kind of left hanging. It's addressed in a comic that he's in the raft, I think. Um, just sitting there, I suppose. But I would love to see Tim Blake Nelson come back as the leader in like a future Hulk story. If we ever get anything like that, like a World War Hulk or anything like that, that would be very, very cool. And that leads nicely on to Connor's final question, which is, do you have a favourite recurring bit slash joke? And I think mine is that I love the Incredible Hulk. Like, I, and it, it's not even a joke. I genuinely think that's a, a good film and I enjoy it when I watch it. Connor doesn't believe me. Uh, he kind of came around on the Patreon review. But for the most part, uh, I just like annoying him with that. Same with the way I like National Treasure and Real Steel and the first three Pirates of the Caribbean movies. I just like liking things that Connor is annoyed by, I think. Um, so looking through some of the other questions then. Um, question here from Keza, uh, which is, uh, if you could make your own Irish superhero, what kind of powers would he have? Where in Ireland would he be from? And what would be his origin? See, this is tricky because uh, my like I would make Black Tom Cassidy who is an Irish superhero. He's from County Mayo in Ireland, and he has the power to control wood, to control timber, uh, which is just, that's like, that's my jam. I That's the coolest Irish superhero I think I could possibly imagine. Um, like, there there are, uh, like, there, there's a whole lot of, like, warrior history and stuff in Ireland. Um, so I could, you could do, like, there's, uh, like, Finn McCool, is uh, like an Irish folk legend, war hero kind of dude. Um, so something like that, where it's like, God, like a 
a, a Wolverine kind of thing where it's like this ageless um, superhuman who has fought th- for years and years and years and years and just keeps going. That kind of thing would be very, very cool. There is a load of Irish gods in Marvel Comics already. They're the Tuatha de Danon is the group of them. And just it, it like all all gods exist in Marvel Comics in some way or another. But it, they, like they do actually exist and they're not really used in stories, but they're basically akin to the Asgardians or the Eternals and things like that. They're always there. They pop up every now and again and they generally cause trouble for everyone. Um, so that kind of stuff I would love to see more of in terms of creating my own. I do not think I can do better than Black Tom Cassidy, uh, to be honest. Um, Keza also wants to know, would love to see you do the worst possible casting for Fantastic Four, people that you think would suit the roles, but would be absolutely terrible picks for them. That's really interesting. Um, see, when you say absolutely terrible picks, is it that they they wouldn't suit the universe? Like, they'd be difficult to work with? Because that, or that they would be um, maybe the right people, but not in the right movie. Like, because I think, like, Kate Mara was, would have been a really good Invisible Woman in a better movie. Um, same, of course, with Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm, but that's a given. Michael B. Jordan uh, can do no wrong on this podcast, as we well know. Um, for a bad Reed Richards, you see, you could do, you could cast an, like an actual bastard. Like an actual terrible, horrible person. Cast Woody Allen as Mr. Fantastic. <laughs> that I should, pro- no, I probably shouldn't. No, the, like, uh, the Kevin Spacey. Um, <laughs> like, I, I think it's, that character is such a bastard anyway. The only way you can miscast him properly is to cast an actual bastard of an actor. Um, with the thing then, I think the thing has so much fan love behind him as a character. Um, that you would have to, you would have to pick a boring choice nearly. Like, I know we've joked about it, but John Cena should not be the thing. Um, I think he could embody, you know, he would have the size, he would be able to do the action and things like that, but he wouldn't be the character of the thing, in my opinion. Um, and the, Next question then comes from Matthew over on Instagram. Uh, Matthew says, do you have any advice for other aspiring Irish podcasters? Um, and Matthew's actually tagged uh, the Low Lifes podcast. So go over and check that out if it's something you think you might be interested in. Um, another Irish creator out there. Um, like my advice, for, the, the only advice specifically about Irish is that like Ireland is so small. Like we have a population of what five five million or something like that. But everyone knows everyone. Everyone is connected. And so it's the same advice that I have had given to me and I have given to other people about art and music and film and all this kind of stuff. Just anything creative is just make noise. Like just get it out there. Get the podcast out there. The fact that you do a podcast, tell everyone. Uh, that you can about it. If even, this is why we always say, tell one human being that we exist. Because if even one person that that listens to this podcast tells one other person, that's job done. Like it, at the start, if you have one person listening to you and they tell one other person to listen, that's a 100% increase on your listenership. So just make noise about that and keep going. Because at the start, the first three or four episodes, you'll have so much energy and you'll be so excited to do it. Uh, and then you will not get a large listenership out of the gate. So you need to make sure that you enjoy the podcast you're doing to make sure that you keep doing it. I know for a fact, if I was to do it like this, where I'm just talking on my own to a microphone in my room, I would not have this podcast would not get past six episodes. But because I'm doing it with my friend Connor, who we would talk about this stuff anyway, and we enjoy talking about this stuff, and we enjoy talking to each... Well, I enjoy talking to Connor. I don't know how he feels about me, personally. But when you when when it's something you genuinely enjoy doing, you will do it if no one listens. And then if people start listening, 
all the better. You know, it just, it takes that pressure off. Also doing it with someone else means that, it, and it sounds bad, but you have a kind of responsibility to do it. Like, I don't want to let Connor down uh, of a Monday evening if he wants, no, if he wants, when we're due to record the podcast, I don't want to say to Connor, no, no, I'm not in the mood, you know? That that's that that would not feel good to me. Um, so, yeah, just enjoy what you're doing. Do it with people that you like, and just stick it out. Like, just 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 keep going, keep making noise about it, and you'll get on great. I think I looked on the Instagram that you shared, Matthew, and uh, it seems you're doing it with two of your friends as well. So, like, that's that's great. That's class. Like, that's that's the way to do it. In all honesty, um, so just stick at it and. Uh, see where you go. Maybe don't do three shows a week. That can get that can get a little bit uh, hectic in terms of scheduling. Um, question then from Lorraine. I was wondering, what do you think is the best way to introduce the X Men to the MCU? Ooh, and any casting ideas too? Oh God. Okay, casting wise, uh, no intro- introduction first. Introduction first. So I think. I don't want the X-Men pulled from another universe, I don't think. I want them to either have always been in the MCU and hidden by some means, or to have only been a recent emergence of mutations since, since say, the snap. Um, that, that dose of radiation went out across the world and awakened the X-Gene within people. Um, there is... A thing in the Ultimate Comics, uh, the Ultimate series of comics, which is a, another universe, but it's often pulled from for the films because they simplified a lot of stuff. And Wolverine is the first mutant. He, uh, as part of the Weapon X program, he was the first one that had his mutant gene activated. After that, then it started popping up more and more, and other mutants were found. So. I could see them doing something like that with... Actually, no, I, I, I can't spoil too much. But if look, if you've watched The Thing, you know The Thing, uh, is all I'm going to say on that one. Um, but in terms of casting, um, there is... what oh Jared Kiso would be my Wolverine. For anyone who's watched the Canadian show Letterkenny, uh, Jared Kiso plays... Uh, uh, shorter than average angry Canadian man, uh, which I think would just be absolutely perfect for Wolverine. Failing that, Taron Egerton would be also, or is it Egerton? Uh, uh, Eggsy from uh, Kingsman. He would be an excellent Wolverine as well. Um, Or Daniel Radcliffe. Those are my three shouts. Uh, Giancarlo Esposito. uh, Obviously, I think he's up for uh, Professor X at the minute. Um, which I think would be a great shout. Magneto's a tough one for me because I really like Fassbender as Magneto, but I also think he should probably still have been around at the time of the Holocaust uh, and then maybe been frozen or something for a few, or travel through time for a few years um, and then come to the modern day and be a, like a contemporary, like a similar age to Professor X. I think their dynamic works so much better like that. So I, I oh, that's a tough one for me. That's a tough one for me. Um, I actually don't think I have like a dream Magneto cast um, because I think they, for as bad as some of those movies were, I think they nailed it with Fassbender and they nailed it with uh, Ian McKellen. So, I'm kind of nervous to see what'll happen on the third round on that one. Um, and like, there's so, there's so many X-Men to, to get through. Like they're all muddling together in my head. Um, so I think I might leave it there for casting news and things like that. But I want the, I think the snap awakening the X gene might be the way to go. Um, and maybe it was dormant since, I don't know, from a while ago. Uh, and that's why you'd have some of the older crew. You know, you'd have your Professor X's and your, your Magnet O's and things like that. Um, also, also tagged onto that question from Lorraine is a totally selfish question. Not selfish at all, Lorraine. Uh, any good gambit runs to read would be highly appreciated. 
they're the only kind of gambit run I've solidly read is there's a run called King of Thieves and it's Gambit he goes back to the Thieves Guild um, that he was a part of when he was young and it's a story about he has, he has to choose between I think it's the Thieves Guild which is like his family family uh, he he has the Avengers and the X-Men and he's kind of deciding where a lot of his loyalties lie and things like that so really interesting really good characterization of Gambit in that I think um, next question then from Sean Jamieson, uh, patron of the show, Sean Jamieson. Uh, Sean wants to know, when's Catwoman being done on the Patreon? As soon as the hat drops it out, man, honestly. Um, that movie is very strange because I think I've seen that movie maybe half a dozen times. Uh, and most of them were when I was like 14. Uh, so I, I, I remember it, but... I, I, it was like it was. It, I, I was a child at the time. I did not understand how a movie could be terribly, terribly bad. So I'd be interested to go back and actually talk about it. That would be a good one for Halloween. Actually, uh, would be Catwoman. So we'll see if I can rig the hat or something like that. Um, from Rferg's nineteen on Instagram. Then, if El Muerto is getting their own film, how long until Frogman gets one? So, for those of you that might not know, that might have missed it, um, El Muerto is getting a film in the Sony Pictures universe of Marvel characters, or Spumka, as we like to call it. And El Muerto has appeared in a grand total of two Spider-Man comics. Um, So, it's a very strange choice. Frogman is a man who has a suit that lets him jump quite a bit. Um... Now, uh, and this is interesting because in uh, the trailer for She-Hulk, we see a lad who looks awfully like Frogman. This was posted in the Detective Divilment group on Facebook not too long ago. And I did a report on Hero Zero without knowing that Frogman was going to be a major player, apparently, in the MCU. So I would love to see him crop up and just, like, be a ground-level, like, prick of a villain that Daredevil has to stop every so often, or that Spider-Man now has to deal with, now that he's a street-level hero as well. Um, so I think we'll, we'll see Frogman in the coming weeks, is, is what I would imagine there. Um, from Adam Lawrence Hart, good friend of the show, Adam Hart, uh, appeared and did a great report on Kid Omega on Hero Zero not too long ago. Uh, Adam says, who has the highest Marvel power level of the hosts? Uh now, that's interesting, because I think, given the 1 to 7 rating system and how it's spread, I think we're both good in very different areas. I have a feeling Connor might have me on speed, just because he is a sportsman, and I am not. Um, but I'd like to take durability. I'd like to be more durable, if anything. Uh, take a few knocks, you know. Although Connor has done several shows concussed, but I've done several shows hungover. So, in a way... It's kind of the same. Um, from TJ, then, uh, again over on Instagram, uh, question about Assassin's Creed, you say. Uh, what are my thoughts on the future of Assassin's Creed, and will it ever go back to what the fans love from the original games? So, Assassin's Creed, for those that don't know, used to be this like historical action-adventure game. It was really, really cool, and it was fairly... It was open-world, but fairly structured, I would say. Then they changed it into more like a Witcher-style RPG, um, which upset a lot of people. Uh, a lot of the fans don't like it. I don't particularly like it because those games, some of them are great, like The Witcher and Red Dead and stuff like that, but some of them are just too big for me and I can't fathom what's going on and i, I kind of directionless in them. Um, I think eventually we'll get back to the smaller games simply because I think there's probably less... Uh, uh, development on them. Um, I think there'll be a market for those. I don't think the RPG stuff is going fully away anytime soon because that's how you sell microtransactions and that's how you get uh, all the extra little money from people after they bought a game for 70 quid. Um, also, am I looking forward to Gotham Knights? I am. Gotham Knights looks really, really, really cool. Um, I started playing Arkham Knight recently um, and it's gotten me back into like a, a Batman Gotham universe world uh, that be be happy 
to jump back into. Um, so just scrolling through the document again, uh, Mr. JJ Music on Instagram, which superhero character would you least like to be and why? Uh, God, like there's a lot, a lot of being a superhero involves being miserable and like all of your friends and loved ones being in danger all the time. I love Spider-Man, but I would not want to be Spider-Man at all because that man's life is just tragedy after tragedy after tragedy and he's never allowed to be happy and I don't know how he keeps going, quite frankly. Um, like Batman as well. I wouldn't like to be like my parents are nice. Uh, so let's keep them around as long as possible. Uh, the sentry. Yeah, the sentry again. Like the idea that, yeah, you can be Superman, but there's also like an anti Superman that comes out anytime you're Superman. I don't need that in my life. Um, and I wouldn't want to be the Hulk. Because, I mean, you'd go through a load of money in pants. And also, uh, again, it's that thing of you can never really form attachments to anything or anyone because the second you lose your cool, you really have to start hitchhiking down the road and find a new house, basically. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, I think, my answer on that one. Um, and what else do we have going on here, folks? Um question from from Sean over not me not not me I'm afraid uh, a question from Sean over on Instagram couple of them here um, what hero would you like to see become a villain and why so this is this is actually really cool because for the longest time um, there's a character called Ben Riley in Spider-Man comics he was a clone of Peter Parker part of the famous clone saga he is the Scarlet Spider and he's been going around operating as a superhero under that name for a while. And I wanted him to turn bad for ages. I thought that would be really cool. And he recently has. He's a character called Chasm now. And it's the most metal 90s Spider-Man villain you've ever seen. He's all green and purple Spider-Man covered in like smoke. It's very, very cool. Um, I do I also like anytime, um, there's that someone turns to villainy, but but not the whole way. Like there was a time where like Cyclops was basically a rogue agent um, operating, like he had his own school and stuff set up and he was technically an enemy of the X-Men, but he was, st- but he had just aligned more with Magneto at that time. So that's why he did what he did. Um, like characters that turn villain for a reason, I think are, are really interesting. Um, and kind of following on from that, then is Sean asks, what villain do you empathize and or agree with the most and why? Um, see, there's a lot of villains that like they're maybe I don't agree, but they're sympathetic, like getting away from Marvel from it, like people like Mr. Freeze, like you can kind of understand the desperation that drove that man to do what he did, not excusing anything. But you can see the logic, kind of. Um, I suppose, like, okay, I need to specify, this is just the MCU version, not the comic version. Because the comic version is kind of a Nazi. But the MCU version of Baron Zemo, and maybe it's just because I love Daniel Brühl so much, but the characterization of Baron Zemo in Falcon and the Winter Soldier might be the best thing about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Because Zemo's whole thing in that series is no super soldiers. Like, the idea of super soldiers cannot be separated from supremacy. And, like, it's it's a meme. He's out of line, but he's right, you know? Like, he, it, the idea that someone could be a superhero basically means that people can be better than others based on genes. That's what Zemo's whole argument is. And that becoming a superhero will corrupt anyone because of the power. Um, and again, he's out of line, but he's right. Like, there's a lot of evidence to back up his claims. I think my favourite scene in that series is where like, all the vials of serum spill over the ground. like They're just rattling around there. Zemo looks at them. And you think maybe for half a second he's going to take it just so he can stand, like he can fight and he can 
continue his mission with superpowers, but he just starts stamping on them. And he breaks it and he destroys the serum. Uh, or so he thinks. But he, like, his intention is to destroy the serum. He doesn't believe it should exist at all. And it's just, he's so stuck to his guns in that minute that I'm like, I, re- I, it, look, I might not agree with his methods 100%, but I fucking respect where he's coming from with that. Um, there's also that argument of like, oh, the serum didn't make Steve Rogers evil. And Zemo's just like, yeah, fair, but there's never been another Steve Rogers, has there? Um, just really love Daniel Bruhl, I think. Watch The Alienist on Netflix. It's like a Daniel Bruhl 1890s detective story. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, and uh, again from Sean then, uh, the old horse and duck flipped. Okay, would you rather fight one tiny Ant-Man-sized Thanos or 100 Thanos-sized Ant-Mans? Uh, also, Tiny Thanos has has at most the power stone, but no reality or time-bending weirdness. Okay, so what you're asking me, would I rather fight an ant who can punch, like, Jesus, or would I rather fight 100 grown men who have done the Marvel workout? <laughs> um, I think I would take the Ant-Man-sized Thanos, if okay, so he doesn't have the growth and shrinky powers. He's just that small anyway. So, oh uh, yeah, I think I would take the tiny Thanos because I could just like I'd surround myself with fly traps. I think, and then he wouldn't be able to punch out of those because every time he punches, he's going to get stuck again. Suddenly, he's wrapped up in fly traps. I throw them into the sea, catch a nice fish for myself. Uh, I think yeah. So I'm going to do one. Tiny Ant-Man-sized Thanos, please, if you could arrange that, I'll fight him any time of the day or night. Um, question from Luke then over on Instagram. Uh, will slash do you think the Mandalorian verse would... Spe- Is that what we're calling Star Wars now? The Mandalorian verse? Um, uh, do you think the Mandalorian verse should spend too much time trying to fill plot holes of the sequel trilogy? So... Okay, I get what you're saying there. So, using the TV series to patch up little in it, like discrepancies, like shit, like how did Maz Kanata get Anakin Skywalker's lightsaber and stuff like that? Um, I don't think they should. Um, I think like I'm I, I'm all for just explain that stuff in a comic and then let the Star Wars YouTubers explain it to the masses. Is what I would do um, with that kind of plot hole. Um, I think let the Mandalorian kind of stand on its own. They should also have let Book of Boba Fett stand on its own and not just turn it into Mandalorian season three at the end. Um, but I digress. Um, I think like that sequel trilogy is there's so many, there's so many problems with that that are not plot holes that I don't think just throwing in a few lines of dialogue in the Mandalorian will fix that. I don't think it's going to improve that trilogy, so I don't think you should bother putting the time into trying it. Um, Luke also asks, any thoughts on House of the Dragon? Feels like a clean slate. Enjoyed the first episode. I haven't watched uh, the first episode yet, actually. I was big into Game of Thrones. I read the books, like everything. And I was... I Look, and things can be bad. And I was like, oh, okay. That that was shit. I, I, I get it. Uh, but... This was like one of the first times I've been properly disappointed uh, by like a TV series and uh, that I had sunk a lot of time in. I had gotten a lot of people like I had batted for that series. Like I was like, no, it's great. You should watch it. You should absolutely start watching it. And then it just kind of fizzled out and left no lasting impact. And also, I know that's the bare bones of how the books are going to end. So I'm not really invested or interested in those anymore like one will ever come out again um so house of the dragon i'm i'll probably watch it right but i i know i know what happens like ultimately at the end of things i know what happens i know who sits on the throne ultimately and i'm just like ah i would have liked to I would like to see House of the Dragon first before I saw how Game of Thrones ended. I know that's impossible, but 
that's what I would have wanted, I think, because it's just I can't deal with the fact that no matter what else happens in this story, no matter what set up, what stakes there are, it ends how it ends. And that's not changing at all. Um, Luke also asks, have you seen Nope? Did you enjoy Nope? I have not seen Nope. Uh, I'm a big scaredy cat when it comes to horror films. Um, I like them, but it's like kind of Evil Dead 2 is probably my limit where it's kind of campy horror and things like that. Um, so I'll, gi- I'll, I'll give it a try. Um, but maybe with the lights on and during the daytime. Um, what else do we have going on here then? Uh, Question then from Russ. Uh, So which characters are going to appear in the rest of the cinema-defining Morbius trilogy? Uh, Jesus, hopefully none. Like, hopefully that series just dies a death. Um, Sorry, that's that's a bit too negative for a movie Mondays, isn't it? Um, The Morbius, like, who could you have realistically? Because they're trying to set up a Sinister Six, (laughs) So they have, what, Vulture and Morbius kind of Venom at the minute. Um, I wouldn't mind, look, if it's, if they're going to do it, give me Shocker. Uh, give, like that, I think that would be funny to see Sony butcher that as well. Craven the Hunter they're doing as well. Um, which they're going to butcher. That sounds like a terrible idea. Um, the spot. Uh, we covered it on Hero Zero. Spider-Man villain, the spot. May as well throw him into the mix. And, what would be a good third one? I was going to say Black Cat, but I want—I don't want Sony to do Black Cat because Black Cat's great. Um, so no, not not that. Um, give me uh, Rhino. Let them do Rhino because the, like it can't be worse than Paul Giamatti in a big metal Rhino costume. Um, he says this: it can absolutely be worse, and most likely will be worse than that. Um, but that's that. That'll be my tree. Russ also asks why, in Sean's humble opinion, is Marvel infinitely better than DC? Um, look, I just I grew up on Marvel. Um, I just that's why I prefer those stories. Um, I've always said that. I've had friend like I've, I've had friends who are DC fans. Um, like <laughs> past tense had. Um, but like they're, they're they're different kinds of stories. Like there are great DC stories that I love. There are Marvel stories that I hate, you know? Um, I The reason I like Marvel more is that I just, I think, especially the time I got into them and things like that, the universe was just a bit more connected to me at that point. Um, a lot of the, like, DC stories I read was, you know, uh, Superman's doing this thing in Metropolis. And then it's, meanwhile, in Gotham City, and the things have nothing to do with each other. But a lot of the Marvel comics I was reading, like Spider-Man would go ask the Fantastic Four a question, and Johnny Storm wouldn't be there. And there'd be a little bubble being like, oh, if you want to know what happens to Johnny, uh, like read this other comic. And in that other comic, Johnny would go on an adventure with Doctor Strange. Like there was just a lot going on. Maybe there is more of that in DC than I think. But a lot of my experience with DC was like trade paperbacks, like full collections and editions of comics. Um, the first comic I ever read was Death in the Family, in fact. Um, so I think it was just the way I consumed them at a young age. Marvel just suited my ADHD brain a little bit more. Um, whereas DC felt like the older brother, like the serious, no, these are the stories. These are the ones that really mean something. Um, and I was just in them for a bit of fun. So I think that's where my... Marvel DC divide comes down. Um, and then uh, another question. Could Florida Man hold their own in the MCU? Well, I have news for you, Russ, in that there is a Florida Man in the MCU. He's called Captain Citrus. He's appeared in promotional <laughs> images uh, and comics for, I think, like the Georgia Tourism Board or something like that. Um uh, not sorry. Not why would it be Georgia? Uh, like the Florida Tourism Board, uh, and he's just he's he's an orange juice based super superhero. I'm pretty sure. I'm working on a report about him. There's not very much content, is all I'm gonna say. Um, so I don't know if it will ever come to light, but maybe I'll throw it up on the Patreon or something at some point, and we can all talk about Captain Citrus together. Um, 
even though he already is in the MCU, he could absolutely not hold his own. He'd be absolutely worthless in most fights, I want to say. Um, question then from Sinead. Um, why is, oh, fuck. why is Cinderella story, uh, the best movie experience of all time? What she's done there, Sinead, S-I-N-E-A-D, has spelled Cinderella story, S-I-N-D-E-R-E-L-L-A. It's a, it's a very fun play on words. Uh, I've not seen Cinderella story for years. Uh, I've seen it maybe once before, but I remember it being good. I remember it being a good, a good, a good shout of, of a film. So, yeah. I, I, I think, why is it the best experience of all time? Because it's a great film. Uh, and one of them has to be the best, so why not Cinderella Story, S-I-N-Derella. Um, a question then from Ed. A couple of questions from Ed, in fact. Uh, what is your most anticipated movie in the next 12 months? What's coming out in the next 12 months? Um, say movies 2023. Why not? Because like, I'm looking forward to Black Panther, but that's in like a month and a half. Uh Oh, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That's a big one. The spot is showing up in that, actually. He's going to be one of the villains in that. Um, Guardians 3, that's another one. Ant-Man Quantumania, um, that's going to be really, really good, I hope. Um, getting away, oh, Jesus, the Flash. Oh, no, that's oh, Jesus. Um, is Blade coming out in 2023? This is this is a packed year, lads. John Wick four. That's going to be really good. June part two. Um, whenever that comes out, I'm really excited for June. Uh, sorry, Dune. Uh, I don't mean to pronounce it that way. Um, Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer looks great. Uh, yeah, like hot take being like because I think I think Oppenheimer might be good. You know, um, the Barbie movie. That that one I'm just fascinated by as to what's actually going on with it. Um, and I think like uh, like there's loads of stuff coming out that that I'm pretty hyped for. That Dungeons and Dragons movie looks fun. Um, there's a movie about that cocaine bear. Apparently, um, my God, what's happening here? Um, no, I think uh, I th- I th- I think 2023 is going to be a good year. Lot of lot of comic book stuff. Lot of comic book stuff coming out. So we'll see. What the, I suppose, level of quality and consistency, uh, is going to be. Um, so yeah, like, uh, really looking forward to a lot of stuff coming out in the next year. We'll be talking about it a lot on various Movie Mondays episodes, I'm sure. Uh, also from Ed Den, Dune 2 is coming up soon. Where do you think the story will wind up? Will it cover Messiah, Dune Messiah, the second Dune book? Or is Timothy Chalamet too young yet? This could be spoilers. This could be spoilers. I'll try and dance around them. I I think Dune 2 is just going to cover the second half of Dune. Second half of the first Dune book, first Dune story, um, ending where that book leaves off. Um, And then the next film, I do think we'll get a Dune Messiah and then a Children of Dune. Now... With regards to Timothy Chalamet's age, I actually think he's fine. Like, he's, what, 26 right now? So Paul Atreides, the main character of Dune in the first book, is 15 or 16, I think. Um, And then in Dune Messiah, I believe that's set 15 years after um, that first book. So he would be 30. So I think, like, Chalamet would be perfectly in line to play that. They can make him look a bit more tired and less... Like he, I don't know, drinks vampire blood to survive. Uh, I like Timothy Chalamet. He seems like a lovely man. Um, and then Children of Dune, um, I believe, uh, well, well, that's about the, the kids anyway. So I don't think like you can do what you, I think they can take a lot of creative license, um, with what goes on after the fact. But I do think Dune 2 is just going to be the second half. Um, which that was my favorite bit. No, not my favorite bit, but it was one of the things I really loved about Dune Part One is that when you sit down in the cinema, they put up the title card for Dune and then it just fades Part One in as if to say, yeah, studios, we're definitely going to do a Part Two. This movie's phenomenal. Um, uh, f- next question then. Recent Marvel movies have been marginally above grand. Not bad, but a little rudderless. Thoughts? Yeah. This, it's tough, man. Like, it's tough to, 
talk about as someone who like has gone to bat for these movies for a very long time um it's 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 disheartening a little bit that it seems like there isn't um a whole lot of care or attention being put into the things that made the earlier movies so so good it's like, it, i i think there's too if I, and this is not new ground i'm treading by any means but I think there is too much going on that there's no possible way that all of these various writers, directors, editors, concept artists, producers, costume designers, uh, there's no way everyone can talk to each other. There's no way Kevin Feige can listen to everyone all at once either. So I think some things are let slip by the wayside. Um, like I, like Thor, Thor was a, a real like breaking point not breaking points, but like sore point for me. Because I loved Ragnarok. Ragnarok was so, so good. And then Thor just felt it was very oddly put together um, and very, uh, it felt like three different films smashed together. I said all of this in the review, um, but I really, I really did not enjoy that film on, like uh, on thinking about it. I really like going back now and thinking about it. I don't think I enjoyed Thor Love and Thunder hardly at all um, I, I I think rudderless is probably the word I think they don't know I think I, I think they, they they weren't told where things were ending up so they couldn't plan for anything they couldn't seed ideas going forward um, and so now that at least we have because we were told we knew Kang would be the bad guy but we didn't know like in what capacity or anything like that now we know we're leading to Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars we can start planting things for that. We got a bit of that in Doctor Strange with incursions being mentioned and things like that. So maybe they're back on track. I have this theory that like all of these movies that have recently come out, they were all kind of pandemic related, not to blame that on anything. But I feel like, and, and, uh, and also, uh, Marvel should treat their VFX artists and this, the VFX companies I work with should treat them about a million times better than they currently do. And give them time and give them the necessary budget. You have goddamn Disney money, so there is no excuse for overworking and underpaying staff at all. Um, and so I like, I think uh, going back to the, the, the pandemic thing is that I think uh, a lot of production problems, um, and production problems that may have come from a higher level, um, Maybe we're exacerbated by by the pandemic, and we're just getting to the end of that now. And maybe now we'll start to see, I see an improvement. Basically, is is a very blunt way of putting it. Um, like I like we and look, we will complain about, or we will make note of uh, issues with uh, visual effects and CGI and things like that. That's not a reflection on the skill of those artists or anything like that. Um, that is a reflection on the the company that doesn't know how to value the creators that make their films, basically. Um, so yeah, that's that's a very stream of consciousness consciousness way of talking about it. Um, and then it also follows up with why does Connor hate the Joaquin Phoenix Joker so much? Really, did Todd Phillips steal from Connor or personally assault him in some way? Um, he did, in fact. Uh, that's why Connor's missing today. Uh, Todd has taken him hostage. And I refuse to pay any ransom, quite frankly. Um, no, like, I, I, like this is more of a Connor question to answer. Um, from talking to him, um, and I get where he's coming from, I think some of it would be that the Joker should not have an origin. Um, it, he's a much more compelling character when he is just a force of nature and you don't know where he comes from. Um, that's my interpretation of what Connor has told me. I am not speaking for him by any means. Um, he just happens to not be here at the minute. Um, also from Ed, then, uh, when is the Heroes for Hire Patreon session happening? I've heard a lot about Sean being a great pint man of today, a time where pint men are ferociously few and far between. Um, I look, uh, if we ever do like a convention or something, I'm sure we'll have drinks with everyone, uh, or I will at least. Um, People, like I, 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 should, I should clarify. I don't drink that much. Uh, I just, I just, it's, it's, a, it's a funny joke. It's a funny little joke uh, that we're all in on. Um, also, have you ever tried to enter or have any interest in doing a podcast festival or the likes? 
Uh, we've never really tried, but I, kind of we this podcast uh, started like 2018. We were kind of growing then for a year and a half. Um, then we started doing pretty good, and then uh, COVID hit. Uh, so everything kind of took a, a backseat, took a downturn. Basically, couldn't do anything for two years anyway. So we, it, it just hasn't been on our radar. It hasn't been something we've really talked a huge amount about. Um, might look into it in the future. Um, but I, I, I don't want to kind of commit to anything uh, just yet. And one more question then from Ed. You mentioned during the Maker episode, that was Hero or Zero uh, just last Friday, Mentioned during the Maker episode that you're thinking of covering Secret Wars. Do you think you'll continue this trend? Will you ever come cover something like Final Crisis or the likes? Um, I can only speak for myself. I would love to summarize comic stories. Like, cause we kind of, it, it, it's, it's very strange and it's something I've realized that happens with Hero or Zero is that we would often experience the same story multiple times through separate characters that they'll just crop up. Like I've talked about Secret Wars so much. Uh, but I've never, like, in, in various comic character reports, but I've never actually sat down and been like, here, start to finish what Secret Wars is about. A lot of them wouldn't take that long. Like, cutting out excess and stuff, you could do it in half an hour, 45 minutes. So, I like, I mentioned it to kind of get it on record. I'm just trying to figure out a way to make it work with the format, basically. Um, because it is, especially, like, in an audio medium, it is very hard to listen to a comic book story, which oftentimes there's a lot of visuals that help to carry the story along. So I just want to make sure like it's snappy and succinct, but also gives people um, the information that's needed. And the next uh, question uh, comes from good friend of the show, Waffles, uh, who sent us in. Waffles actually sent in an audio question. So... I'm going to play it for me. I'm going to remember. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to remember to edit it in uh, so that all of you can hear it as well. Um, and there is a, a promo as well in this. So uh, I'll be back and we'll just play this. I'll be back and then we'll answer the question and we'll, we can all go home to our families. Okay. Kia ora. It's Waffles here from Aotearoa, New Zealand. Heard you were aing some cues. Uh, so I thought I would give you a cue to A. Now, you might have heard through the grapevine that I was doing this 24-hour charity live stream on the 27th of August starting at 12 p.m. New Zealand Standard Time. We'll be raising money for charity. Now, D&D, a big hobby of mine, absolutely love it. What are some hobbies that you enjoy doing when you're not doing the podcast genuinely interested to know keep up the good work and congratulations on the four-year anniversary of the show which is coming up genuinely proud of you guys uh, it's absolutely amazing love you bye Kia ora, I'm Penny D, host of the 2022 Yes And Charity Stream. Yes, and I'm Jules from NZ, and I'm also the host of 2022 Yes And Charity Stream. Yes, and last year, dozens of Kiwi creators played Dungeons & Dragons for 24 hours to raise over $6,000 for charity. Yes, and this year, we're hoping to do it all over again, only bigger. On the 27th and 28th of August, we're going to be streaming live on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash yesandcharitystream. Yes, and we'll be aiming to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Society by playing 24 hours of the wildest, most chaotic D&D weekend. Yes, and you as the audience can donate to directly affect the game, live as it's happening. Yes, and we have some pretty sweet prizes to give away this year from some very cool sponsors. Yes, and we'll see you there to play Kiwi D&D for a great cause. Yes, and Charity Stream. <laughs> That's the name. Yes, and Charity Stream. Okay, you win. Well, thank you very much for that, Waffles. Love you too, man. Um, the, yes, hobby, like, I, I collect hobbies, Basically, I just, I just keep amassing things that I like doing. Um, like, I've, I've always been very artistic, I would say. Um, and so I do like drawing and paint, watercolor painting, acrylic painting, things like that. I also do uh, a lot of Warhammer as well and like miniature painting, um, which is ties into the D&D &D thing, which is another hobby. Um, 
but yeah, I paint little like Warhammer figures, I build armies, and um, just getting into playing the game, the actual like war game now a little bit, and it's really, really fun. Um, and it's, it's, it's a really cool universe. Um, it's, it's really cool to just see the things like the, the stories and the characters, and then you get to build and paint and play with them. It's just a really engaging way of having a hobby, I think. Um, so that, that's one, uh, 3D printing. That's another one. That's another one I'm quite into. Um, and, uh, a bit of music as well. I do, I do play the guitar, um, a little bit more than Wonderwall, I would say. Um, but like heaps of these things and I, I pick them up and then it's like a skill I teach myself and I, I get pretty good at it. Then I'll stop for a while and then I'll pick it back up when it interests me again. Um, so. That's that, that that I I suppose that's just a list of things that I like. Um people do check out the uh Waffles Charity live stream um that's going on as well. And um, we will throw a link to that in the description too. Um that sounds like a, a real fun time. I'd be tuning in for as long as I am able to. Um but I think oh, what time are we at? Yeah, we're at about 50 minutes or so there. So I think we might call it there. I got to as many questions as I could. If I missed anyone or I forgot a question, I am really genuinely sorry. Um, but we will put them all into, we have a, a kind of a backup folder of additional questions and things like that, that we bust out at times like, you know, Christmas and stuff where we do episodes that are a little bit different than the standard news shows. Um, but, God, it's tough to outro a show when you're on your own. It's very difficult to segue into it. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I, uh, I, I, I had fun. I enjoyed listening to all the questions. It was like a, a, a Dragon Ball Z kind of thing. You all lended me your energy to get me through this difficult time. Um, so thank you all for that. Connor, I don't think we'll be having shows for the rest of the week, unfortunately, um, just because Connor is not around and my own schedule is a little hectic at the minute but we will be back as soon as we can with your regularly scheduled programming um and i let me let, what do i do uh let, hang on i think that's about it connor i think that's right do you want to take us out i will thank you everyone for listening to this episode of movie mondays we will be back soon um and if you want to support the show uh, you can join us over on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Heroes for Hire podcast. Link to that in the description. And shout outs, of course, go to Roisin Chunky Lobes Palmer, Joe Burney, Ryan Technically Fine Evanson. Watch the Yes And 24 hour D&D charity live stream starting 12 p.m. 27th of August, New Zealand Standard Time. Waffles will be DMing. David Clark, Sean Chuckle in the Wash and It'll Be Grand Jameson, Dominic, Anna Helmroos, Lil Dicky going on record that Titania does not represent the entirety of Colorado McGrew, Danny McLaughlin, The Fabulous Frogman, Sam, Michelle Brown, Michaela Doughty, Sackman41 and Buster. Thank you all for the continued support. Really, really, really appreciate you. Uh, we will be talking about She-Hulk on the Patreon in the coming weeks, uh, trying to figure out a way to divide the episodes, because it's a, I think it's a bit longer uh, than the usual Marvel fair. Um, other ways to support the show, you can um, go to the merch store, link below, heresforhire.ie forward slash shop. Twitter is at heresforhirepod, the four is the number four. Facebook is Detective Development's discussion group. Instagram is heresforhirepodcast. And the best way to ever help out the show is to tell one human being that we exist. Say it with me now, just the one. And I think that's about it, everyone. So thank you all very much for listening, and we will see you next time. 
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.